Hey y'all and welcome back to another episode of Bedroom Talks where we get financially intimate. I'm your host Dr. Michelle Marie and today we have an incredible guest who's about to drop some serious financial wisdom. Introducing Ohan Kaikchan, a true financial guru and certified financial planner with over two decades of experience in the financial industry. Ohan is not just any money coach. He's a mastermind when it comes to navigating the complex world of personal finance. In this episode, Ohan will share insights, strategies, and his proven step-by-step -step process to help you achieve financial mastery. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting your financial journey, Ohan has something special in store for you. Get ready to dive into a world of financial wisdom and discover the secrets of mastering your money. Stay tuned for an episode packed with practical tips, empowering insights, and a touch of financial magic. Hey, y'all. Get under the covers and get comfortable because we're about to get intimate. No, not that kind of intimate, but close. Did you know that three of the most intimate conversations we can have are sex, mental health, and finances? Probably didn't expect that last one, did you? Financial challenges are actually one of the leading causes of divorce and stress today. A big reason? We don't talk about it. At least not thoroughly anyhow. That's where I come in. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Marie, a certified wealth coach, best-selling author, and the creator of Bedroom Talks. Get Financially Intimate, a podcast focused on bringing awareness to the importance of financial intimacy and enticing openness to get real in a judgment-free zone. Together, we're gonna to cover a multitude of financial topics so you can leap toward financial freedom with confidence. Are you ready? Grab your wine or whatever drink you prefer and let's unrobe this topic. All right, y'all, I am so excited to have this conversation today and bring this episode to you because many of you have been asking me for more information when it comes to um, you know, investments and, and stocks and things of that nature, right? And just going in deeper into areas that I am not, to be honest, as educated about as somebody like Ohan. So I thought this is a perfect opportunity to bring in him in here and have this conversation and be able to uh, go deeper in areas that I haven't been able to go deeper with you on in the past. Before I get into all that, before we get into the that depths of those conversation, Ohan, if I understand correctly, you are joining us from the state of California. And I just want to ask you, because I'm on the East Coast, completely other side of the country, and I've never been to California. So how are you enjoying California? What do you like best about being by the West Coast? Sounds great. And thank you for this great introduction, Michelle. I'm 
humbled and honored to be in your podcast and share as much as I can in the simplest way how money works with your audience. Yes, I am in California and I live in Los Angeles to be exact. And this is the only place I lived uh, when I moved to United States. When I moved to United States in 2009, I came to Los Angeles and the reason being I had my cousin living here with his family. So I wanted someone at the beginning just for support or meet at the airport. And I came to uh, Los Angeles and I started living here. While working in the bank, many times people ask me like, "Did you do you travel other states? And I did go travel other states. I've been in New York, interestingly enough. I did go to uh, Arizona. I've been in where else? Like different like couple uh, neighboring states. But in the meantime, they told me like uh, Los Angeles, California is not America. I like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and they're like, this is like melting pot with all the immigrants come and yeah. first up for them. But how I'm enjoying California, I believe it's more of a, like how others um, to come to California for. The main reason people I believe are here is the weather. We don't have the snow. But like, of course, there are certain uh, places that it can snow. And when you like the comfortable, like warm weather, of course, like ocean, uh, Pacific Ocean in this case, uh, I believe like not many states can um, compete with California. But in the meantime, I'm open with opportunities to travel and even to live somewhere else also. But thank God everything will be been fine so far in Los Angeles. So I'll stay here. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm actually originally from the Northeast uh, portion of the United States. And so I grew up with uh, walking uh, more than a mile uh, to school with a foot of snow on the ground. And I'm not kidding. Like they're, you know, grandparents joke about that kind of thing, but I'm serious. I legit did. And ice and I fell plenty of times and, you know, Friends laughed because I fell on my butt on the ice and, you know, there was that whole thing. I don't like the cold weather at all. I'm in Virginia now and like two, two and a half months out of the year, we get cooler weather and occasionally get some snow like end of February, beginning of March. Um, and that's about all I can take. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I totally understand. I come from a country that we have all four seasons. And interestingly enough, I have the uh, feeling that my body misses snow. My body mm. misses like uh, snow, misses uh, fall season, spring season. Because in times in California, you cannot feel this season change. Mm. And also like psychologically, you go to store, you can find watermelon in pretty much in every season, or you can find apples or oranges in every season. So <laughs> sometimes we just like uh, stop and think of that naturally. Naturally, we are used to, to the areas or places that we grow up but you know what change is the only constant and i love change i came to united states so hopefully one day i can speak english clearly that was the main uh, reason of my trip to come to united states and of course when i came i i figured out there are so many more opportunities with of course with pros and cons this is the great country to be that is awesome and i love that you you brought that up in, in, you know, thinking about the differences of the seasons and, you know, the necessity for change and things like that. So thinking of that, let's go ahead and get into this conversation. 
uh, you came to the United States for change. And there was a lot of things that transpired as you came to the United States, things that you experienced you didn't expect to experience, right? And things you had to walk through. So uh, kind of talk with us a little bit about that and bring us a little bit up to speed on, you know, how you got to where you are now. Great question and great segue or gateway to continue <laughs> our conversation. When I first arrived to the United States, I realized that every i i realized the cultural shock on on my uh, literally like myself i experienced um firsthand so to say and every day was a cultural shock of course like english was the biggest obstacle and barrier for me to communicate but then i realized that you must uh, practice just only reading and listening is not enough when you go to um, buy a coffee or do your grocery shopping you must talk and the nice part about um, adapting to united states that no one will laugh on you if you uh, are not speaking uh, clear english because everyone speaks in different way i did realize that nobody pretty much majority of people don't use even English grammar to speak mm. grammatically correct. So I start speaking and interesting every day I was seeing the cultural shock, so to say. But in the meantime, with insurance, um, um, insurance industry, with um, access to uh, financial markets, with all these different opportunities, with major companies just being in United States, I realized that there are opportunities in United States. The same way goes to money. At the beginning, on top of English being my third language to be exact, but in the meantime being foreign language, money was foreign language for me as well. Regardless of my education being in economics, when I came to United States, I couldn't understand what means 401k, what means individual retirement account or IRA. And then you figure out that there are two types of IRA, rough IRA, traditional IRA. So it's getting times very confusing, especially for people who haven't grown up in the families or the, in the environment that they talk about money openly because in many cultures money can be a taboo money is so to say is not good thing money is the cause of evil and all these different ways of putting money but it all comes from our limiting beliefs when you mm -hmm. take an ownership you take some time and you learn about money you realize that money just only magnifies amplifies Whoever, whatever you are, whatever you are doing, you can do more. If you are someone, which I hope you are doing good things, money will help you to do more good things. Versus if, unfortunately, in many cases, money can do some bad things as well. But we are not talking about it today. We are talking only positive sides and positive way of people thinking about money. And then I realized that I can because I learned, I can now simply explain financial terms in simple English. And when I was working in the bank, I became, I started as a cashier, then became a banker. I remember like when I learned how annual percentage rate worked, how different rewards work, how credit history getting built, I started explaining that to my customers and not to brag about myself, but I realized people come to me because I can speak 
in simple way instead of like you reading that hundred page disclosure or customer um, credit card agreement or customer card agreement i can explain it in simple english so my goal is to simplify how people can become from a consumer to an investor because it's mm-hmm. a mindset shift if you are using apple um iphone or you are using samsung phone or you go do your purchases in costco or sam's club why you don't become part owner of these companies so this is what i'm trying to tell and give the message out out because it is accessible and it is not only for rich people which i was once thinking (laughs) of like that that you need to have millions of dollars to become an investor but literally you can start with couple dollars and just to get that habit of investing i believe i answered it very long (laughs) i hope (laughs) That's okay. Well, first off, I want to tell you that part of this podcast episode's goal is for you to brag about yourself because you have a lot of insight that a lot of people need to know about. And I also want to point out that I think it's interesting you said that when you you know you first came to the United States, you were like, well, what does this mean? What's a 401k? Um, you know, what's an IRA? And wait, there's multiple IRAs. What are you talking about? Guess what, Ohan? Uh, there are a lot of people here in the United States that don't even understand that and are just like mind blown. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's too much information. I don't understand. Like, what the heck? And I, I've been that way. <laughs> okay. Like, it's, it's, it's overwhelming for a lot of people. So for those of you who are listening, if you feel that way, if you're like, oh my goodness, there's all these different things. I don't understand them. I don't understand. What do I use this one for? What do I use that one for? We get it. We've been there. And that's why we're talking today. So with that being said, what do you think about going into a bit of kind of that education? Like explain a little bit of the difference between a 401k and an IRA and why someone would use one or the other or both. That's a great question. And I'll make uh, one comment and then and then I'll answer the question. Personal finance is a foreign language, literally, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. even for some people who are born in the United States, in many cases, they cannot have clear understanding of how money works, how financial instruments works, so to say, different products, different names, all these confusing IRS code names, 401k, 403b, and that's a foreign language that you are going to learn the same way we decide to move to japan or to move to latin america we should learn the language so we can communicate over there Mm -hmm. so we need to learn japanese we need to learn spanish and it takes some practice it takes some learning so you need to have the willing to take the time and learn about it but the most important to learn from reliable sources because with internet and information being available there are so many places you can learn certain things and i'm not necessarily telling that internet gives false information but there are some information that should be double checked or updated to be aligned with the current rules and the ways money works but 401k or 403b as i mentioned there are 
IRS code names, so don't even concentrate on them, but they are accounts for retirement. When you work for a company, in case of 401k, it means that you are working for profit company, the company that has a goal to have profit. It can be you working for a bank, it can be you work for Starbucks, or you work for Costco that we mentioned, or Facebook. They are for profit companies. So in their case, they have employer-sponsored plan called 401k that in many cases the employees can participate and put their dollars and the nice part about it that in many cases employers give a match until the mm -hmm. certain amount or certain limit i always mention my uh, students and uh, people that i work with that you must take advantage of this free money. Don't leave it on the table because I haven't seen any investment that can bring 100% return. But here, for one k match does it for you. If you put, let's say, $1,000, your employer puts another $1,000 on top of it, it means you got $100 return on your investments. So this is very important. You start participating in your employer sponsor plan as soon as possible. Because of course, there is some grace period. There are certain rules that on certain months, certain time period, you can enroll in that. Make sure to ask these questions when you get hired instead of just concentrating on that hourly or annual rate. 403B is similar to 401k, but for non-profit companies. So what they can be, they can be our schools, they can be our universities, they can be the hospitals that uh, people work for. In their case, it can be 403B. And individual retirement account is an account that anyone can open. Pretty much any individual. Of course, there are some limitations depending on your immigration status in the United States. The reason being, I got in, interacted or uh, encountered this type of difficulties with many of my clients when they don't have social security number in the United States or they are not permanent resident or citizen of the United States. So there are certain limitations. When I mention any individual can open, I mean um, American person, so to say, can open an individual retirement account. Of course, there are some limitations, how much you can contribute and that changes year by year mm -hmm. to keep up with an inflation. But the nice part is that there are main two types of IRAs, individual retirement accounts. One is traditional, one is rough IRA. And rough IRA, in my opinion, is one of the best accounts or best deals anyone can get when it comes to retirement, saving for retirement. And by the way, let me mention something up front before I tell what I mean with uh, IRAs. So IRAs, um, when you invest, it is individual retirement account. And people think that, oh, it is too early for me to retire. It is too late for me to retire. And there is this average retirement age, 65, which is in reality, it is a little bit above 65 nowadays, mm -hmm. but people try to concentrate on that number. But to be honest with you, if you can, you should retire right today or tomorrow and do what you love the most. So retirement don't necessarily connect it to age. People sometimes retire in their 30s and in 40s. So with mm -hmm. Roth IRA account, the nice part is you put after tax dollars, which means you pay taxes on the dollars you put to uh, IRA and uh, Roth IRA. And if you meet certain requirements, you can take it out tax-free as well. So hypothetically, let's say you put $100 in it and it becomes $10,000. You don't need to make 
tax payment on that increase of $9,900. This is like, again, hypothetical words. And then hypothetical case. And in case of traditional IRA, IRS allows you to put certain amount without paying taxes on that. But guess what? When you are taking the money out to use, then you are going to pay the taxes because Uncle Sam will tax you regardless. Now or later, of course, they want to tax you as soon as possible. We all know government needs money and nothing mm -hmm. wrong with it. I hope it is affordable for people to make to pay their taxes but by knowing the right rules when it comes to taxes when it comes to investment you can take in good sense advantage of the system advantage of the process advantage of the account that's available to majority of americans and in the meantime unfortunately i heard that and surveys come and i don't know exactly numbers but there are still people who work and they don't take advantage of their 401ks or mm -hmm. 403bs, or they never open IRA account. Because again, it is a mindset shift. And we can talk about this, of course, more. But any questions? I can Absolutely. So actually, um, I want I want to kind of give like a little recap summary for every, anyone who's listening that's like, whoa, he just said a whole lot. What the heck? Uh, before I do that, I want to add on one more that um, a lot of people may not fully be aware of. And if you are in this category, you should be taking advantage of it. And that is the TSP, which is for government employees, basically. Primarily federal government employees have TSP, which is Thrift Savings Plan. And it's essentially the same thing as a sponsored uh, or employee spon employer sponsored 401k. It's just the government's version of it, right? If if that's right. the understanding, that's how I understand to explain that. Is that correct? And it is. It is absolutely similar. And in the meantime, because you mentioned TSP, let's talk about um, 457 as well, which is again like these are like code names, mm -hmm. but uh, many people again like. I just want to make sure that I. Uh, I have the right information before I gave it out. But five uh, four fifty seven is again deferred compensation plan. Um, but the sponsored organization again, it can be in many cases non-profit. It can mm -hmm. be either government or maybe again like certain hospitals or certain. I was gonna say hospitals. certain teachers. Uh, teachers have a little bit of a different scenario as well, but same concept, right? Correct. Uh, right. Okay. In in many cases, it is 403B for teachers. But okay. again, like uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, do not concentrate on the number because these are like, again, IRS codes. And instead right. of just concentrating on the number, just ask your employer, regardless if it's government, it is a school mm -hmm. or for-profit company, if they offer any type of employer-sponsored plan that right. you can participate. And nowadays, by the way, pensions are not that popular because they are not around like before. But there are, interestingly enough, I hear many uh, people, they have an opportunity to participate in pension plans mm -hmm. as well. The bottom line is, or the rule of thumb is, just to find out what is the match, what are the benefits. And there is another important question you can ask your HR. Again, I don't want to overwhelm. Maybe we should do go one by one, but there is something called vesting, which means like 
when your employer puts money, it is not necessarily yours. You cannot just take it out and put to your pocket. So you need to meet certain requirements. Maybe they want you to be there for three years, five years, or 10 years. Then you can have, of course, I'm talking a little bit hypothetical. Mm -hmm. It can be sometimes easier, but find out how the money that your employer gives you will be invested, meaning like when it will be your money in case you want to take it out, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, not advisable. These accounts are for future, so it is not necessary to take out. And unfortunately, in many cases, God forbid, if you are encountering bankruptcy situation or some type of hardship, of course, you can go ahead and take out. But I will not even suggest to take the money out from your employer retirement plan to pay off your debt because there are other ways you can do that. Correct. Um, Just to recap really quick. So all of the types of accounts that Ohan just talked about are all types of retirement accounts. The 401k, 401k, 457. Yes, those those are... Um, I apologize. I messed up the one, the nonprofit one, uh, the 403B. 403B. 403B, yes. And then the TSP. Those are basically employer sponsored retirement accounts, many of which have the ability to have an, well, they all have an ability to have a matching. Not all companies will do that, but you want to make sure if your company is offering that sort of thing, you want to take advantage of that because like like Ohan said, you're you're basically leaving money off the table, right? That could be yours. And most of the time there's some type of vesting period, meaning you have to work for them for so many years. Um, I believe uh, in the, the government, at least the portion of the federal government I work for, I believe it was like three years or something of that nature. And then it was ours. It could be five, but it, it was at least three years, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me on that. Check with HR. Go ahead and you can probably Google that one. Not everything on Google is accurate, but (laughs) Mm. Um, as far as the IRA goes, you have the traditional and the Roth um, and there's uh, tax benefits and uh, some disadvantages depending on which one you choose and what you're doing with each of those. So um, that's the biggest difference on that. But the the really big difference between the two between the IRAs versus the other ones we mentioned is the IRAs is like you it's all you and if you leave said company you don't have to worry about oh gosh like it's all under them and so if you leave a company and you have a 401k or 403p b or tsp there's either you have to go through all this nonsense sometimes to be able to maintain the account or work to get it transferred over to something like an IRA or another account that can be managed and doesn't affect you on taxes. Um, <laughs> so there's 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 things with that. Um, but I just wanted to give that little recap real quick, just in case anyone was like, oh my gosh, he said so much. What the heck? Like that was a little overwhelming. Um, but also, Let's go into this uh, this mindset piece a little bit and even maybe tie into the conversation. I think if I remember correctly, you mentioned it in the beginning how, you know, we, we think that we have to like have all this money to start investing. Right. And really, we don't. We can we can do it with a very small amount, um, you know, and 
most people won't and i know it, it can kind of feel like oh gosh this isn't going to benefit me at all but even 50 or 100 dollars a month if that's all you got something is better than nothing is how i feel about it so let's talk let's start moving into the conversation of the mindset piece and tie that into an investing even with the small amounts sounds good uh, i will just make a real quick comment on our uh, previous uh, question and as okay. michelle mentioned just ask your hr because in many cases the best thing can be gradual as well so certain portions get available to let's say 20 percent and 30 percent and 50 percent not everything 100 percent. so always ask second point i want to mention about our previous question rough and traditional can be even embedded in your 401k or 403b so you can have opportunity to contribute to rough 401k and if you are someone self-employed like i am you can have solo 401k again it can be traditional or it can be rough type in many cases people ask me which one i should choose and it is not easy question to answer but in many cases it is advisable to have both types because now it's besides or on top of your asset diversification which we can talk about it of course you will have tax diversification as well so you will have an account which is you already don't need to pay taxes on it and there there is an account you are going to pay taxes and depending if you have more income or less income this is something with your accountant to choose in the future which account to take the money from for that particular year so it is always good to have in my opinion both both types of account and then the third point which will be um answering your uh, uh, question about mindset and everything make sure the money that you put in 401k or ira regardless of what type it is they are invested because in case they are not invested you will just leave a hypothetical or metaphor I, I i like to use you can put hundred dollar on the table and then come back after 10 years if no one took that hundred dollar it will still sit there but it will never be 120 or 400 like by itself it will not grow versus when you invest you have the potential of your money working for you and giving you some returns and the, unfortunately in many cases people open these retirement accounts and they never invest the money within the account and that's so unfortunate after 10 years or 20 years you go back and you see the grow or the increase is so little then you're like why i even did this so make sure the funds are invested but invested responsibly when it comes to mindset shift and again like what means mindset mindset it can be that investing is only for rich people i never have enough money to invest if one day i have money i will invest these are all beliefs that embedded in our mind from the environment and from the family that we grew up and from the friends in many cases from co-workers depending where you are hanging uh, hanging out hanging around and the shift how it will happen again with educating yourself taking your time to educate yourself that you don't necessarily need to have millions of dollars to be an investor you can go to any brokerage firm the one that you prefer i don't have any affiliation or association with any of the firms but one of them is Vanguard or Fidelity or Charles Schwab. You can go ahead and establish a brokerage account right today or open your IRA with them. And when you do that, you buy certain shares 
I am more fan of index funds instead of picking and choosing because I don't know what will happen with Apple in 10 years or 20 years or with Amazon. By the way, they are both great companies. They are major companies, but I don't know what will happen in 10 years. The reason being there was a big retail in United States, Sears, but they are not around anymore like before. Mm -hmm. So Amazon came and changed everything. Target is around, but you don't know what will happen moving forward. So instead of picking and choosing, there is something called S&P 500, which is top 500 companies in the United States. Instead of picking and choosing, you can invest in index fund. By the way, make sure that it is low cost index fund and well diversified, of course, like S&P 500. So in case, let's say Tesla goes out of business, which of course, hypothetically will not go out, <laughs> out of business, at least I hope like that, new Tesla will come and replace to uh, and be one of the top 500 companies. But make sure the reason I'm mentioning, start investing as soon as possible because it takes time. It's the same way as language. When you start speaking at the beginning, you know, very simple words, like babies start speaking. They use only very limited vocabulary, but then after some time, they grow their vocabulary. The same way you just open the account, you invest $50, $100, which of course will not take you very long and um, make this saving that is enough for to retire tomorrow because it takes time, but you will get into this investor mindset. So in that case, you will crash. You will break the belief that only rich people can invest because we live in United States again, and it gives us the system, financial system gives us the opportunity to participate. And guess what? The American corporations are baking this American pie 24 seven. Make sure you take your fair share of the American pie, fair share of that pie. Because if you are sleeping, McDonald's drive-through is open. When you are sleeping, Apple sells their MacBooks or iPhones all around the world. So they work 24-7. That's what I mean by your money working for you 24-7. Because while you are even asleep, these companies, starting from the lowest um, position, let's say it's a teller for the bank, until to the CEO, they all work for you. They try their best to make profits so they can even reward you in many cases. There is something called dividends. So not every company, but many companies pay you dividends for you being their owner. Besides dividends, also in many cases, the value of the investment will go up. And the most important uh, here um, power force I want to mention is compounding interest and mm -hmm. compounding takes time make sure you start investing as soon as possible and let the compounding do the heavy lifting because with compounding one moment uh, when you are investing let's say thousand dollar the compounding on the investment that you already made will make more than the amount you put every month or every year and this is again about mindset we don't believe we don't understand. It seems like too good to be true. But when you go investor.gov and there is a nice um, compound calculator and you put some numbers and you just play with it, you will see that after a certain period, 
compounding grows like exponentially. Again, yeah. because we, we, we never uh, got teach that. Me even being in the industry, having my PhD, studying. I, when, when I came to United States, then after I was pursuing my CFP, I went to UCLA for two years. That was the moment when something like, so to say in, in English, like light turn on that, oh, this is what compounding means. And there is, there is this saying, yes, uh, which is which is referred to Albert Einstein, but I don't want to necessarily tell that he, he said that because in many cases, there are fact checkers who will check and like, oh no, I'm not Albert mm -hmm. Einstein said that. But the point is Albert Einstein, uh, Albert Einstein mentioned that compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. Who understands, they earn it. Who don't understand, they pay it. And the paying part is unfortunately the credit cards because in many cases credit card interests are uh, calculated by using compounding because it is daily interest mm -hmm. on the balance that you owe so these are the these again it can be my answer can seem overwhelming but there is nothing overwhelming maybe uh, our listeners should pause times to times <laughs> and try to digest what we are talking about but it's very important to switch our mindset from consumer to investor Absolutely. And you know, what I think about is this, um, you're sitting here wondering, well, how much should I invest? What should I invest in? You know, well, what about this? And what about that? And not to say that those questions aren't important. They are important and you should become educated in those areas. What I would, what I personally would encourage people to do is don't, put yourself in a position where you're so overly processing the decision that you avoid making a decision to start investing. And the reason I say that is because five other people just started putting money into an account because they were like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And they just put money in the account. And one, three, five, 10, 15 years from now, they're going to have exponentially more money than you do because they went ahead and just started. They probably did some research as well, but they didn't over complicate it. They didn't overthink it. They just were like, okay, this, I think this is the best thing for me to do. I've talked to so-and-so and they verified it. And this is what I'm going to start with. And basically they're going to be ahead of the game. They're going to be ahead of you because they got started. So, don't overthink it, educate yourself and make a decision. While, while you are overthinking or again, thinking it too hard, you are scared. What I was checking while I was listening, S&P 500 is up from last September until now. It is a year, it is up 25%. It mm. is not happening that often. But guess what? If you were just doubting, should I invest? When is the best time to invest? You just miss this growth. I know there is a um, 10% average annual return on S&P 500, but there are some years that S&P been up more than 30% or some years that it was down more than 30%. So the fluctuation is always there. But again, like starting as soon as possible is the key. There is Chinese proverb about three and I uh, turn it into money when 
people ask me when is the best time to invest i mentioned that it was 20 years ago mm-hmm. the second best time is today so start today because again time will go and you know we can think that oh i will wait when the market is down then i'll invest which is called time in the market which in many cases if not all cases it is not working there is a, a principle called uh, dollar cost averaging and what means dollar cost averaging regardless how much is the share of the investment you want to buy you purchase the same amount let's say you put thousand dollar every month this month maybe it will buy five shares because Every share is $200. But if next month the shares go down 100, it's even better because your $1,000 will purchase 10 shares. If moving forward on third month, the share price goes to $500, then your $1,000 will purchase only two shares. So there is always you are buying this um, different uh, share um, quantities depending on the price, but you always put the same amount. So don't overthink, as Michelle mentioned. Instead, just start to get into. So if you are learning Japanese, imagine you are already in Japan and start talking, not just read and listen without practicing. Just open the account, invest in something, of course. I will encourage you to do your own work, to take your time to learn. Invest in something that you understand. Otherwise, if you are investing on something that you don't understand, that is the time when investing becomes gambling. And many people will tell like, oh, stock market is casino. Stock market is gambling. And stock market is casino for many, many people mm-hmm. who are, Nothing wrong to anyone, but they, they have their beliefs. But there is a profession, day trader, who buys and sells the same day. So for them, in many cases, unfortunately, majority of them are losing money because they are buying and selling the wrong time. And of course, there are some day traders who are successful. But I'm not talking about buying and selling and just getting out your profit. But instead, I'm talking about consistently putting money in stock market and taking your fair share of the profits that all these companies are making every year. Absolutely. And uh, also a reminder from a bit of a conversation from earlier, even if you don't have hundreds or thousands of dollars to invest, Start with something. Something is better than nothing. Right? That that's absolutely right. And again, like you can buy even slices of shares nowadays. You can buy five dollar shares. Like really, really like pizza. You don't need to buy entire pizza. You can buy one slice. You can do that as well. But again, if you want to make something for not only yourself but possibly even to transfer to generations to come then of course five five dollar only investing five dollars is not enough there is a reason that rs allows you to put certain limits in the account in case they allow you to put more for rich rich people who are earning like lots of income they have lots of income and they are earning man lots of profits they could have just put so much money but there are limits how much you can put just at least take advantage of the limits that you are entitled in because if you are not 
investing or putting the money to IRA this year, it will not be that in 10 years they will allow you to put for all these missed years. It will not happen like that. So starting as soon as possible is the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I wanted to kind of ask about is another type of uh, thing to invest in uh, that a lot of people maybe are not aware of or they are aware of it and they're not have any idea what the heck it is or why they would use it. Um, very similar to the index funds is the EFTs. Can you explain a little bit about what an EFT is and why that may or may not be uh, an opportunity to take advantage of? Not just to correct, but it is ETF, exchange traded. Yes, thank no, it's you. All good. <laughs> ETF, which is uh, similar to index funds in the sense that ETFs, again, they are pink of a basket, which consists of different stocks in it. There are ETFs which are trying to mimic the same S&P 500. So whatever stocks, whatever companies are in S&P 500, the similar companies, the same companies with similar proportions are in that particular ETFs. But of course, there are some ETFs which are technology related. So they are all cons consist of all technology stocks or there are ETFs which is financially oriented, which means like all financial companies. Of course, recently very popular is ESG, environment, um, social and governance, which are companies that people believe that they are doing good for environment, doing good for society. So they are consistent of these companies. ETFs can be different. The main difference between ETF and index funds that ETFs you can trade like you can trade the stock when the market is open. So if Michelle sells, Ohan will buy or vice versa. They are always uh, always buyers and sellers, depending, of course, they will pay more or less what you paid originally. In index funds, they usually like when the trading day is done, then the index fund kind of balances its um, holding just to see like how the market did. So it happens after the market. You, you can, again, index fund you can sell any moment but the trade will happen when the market is closed that's the main difference and again rule of the thumb do your homework but usually like etfs are considered most more tax efficient type of accounts and that's the reason and uh, they are mainly like in regular brokerage accounts versus mm -hmm. index funds in case they can be not that much of a tax efficient they are in tax advantage account which can be your 401k for a three or retirement accounts such as IRAs. Nice. Uh, thank you for going into the explanation. And then also, y'all, like, if you think you're confused by all these things, obviously, I know quite a bit about this stuff, not as much as Ohan, but even I mix things up sometimes. So I knew what it was. I don't know why I said it that way. <laughs> we, we, um, we all learn. We all learn. Yeah, to be honest with you, when you mentioned 457, we talk about 457. In times, I can switch the numbers. I'm pretty sure and, uh, uh, even I did it before. What I mm -hmm. wanted to mention that uh, there are native English speakers who opened the dictionary and tried to find the explanation for certain words. When I saw that, I realized, okay, 
it means that you cannot learn everything 100 percent and you exactly. don't and without any need or support from somebody else that's that, that's why yeah like I'm, I'm sure your podcast as well but my space my social media platforms my webpage they are totally guilt-free shame-free environments where i literally from bottom of my heart i want to share the knowledge that i earn or learn spending these decades and you don't need to do it because i've been there i can show the shortcuts and i'm glad that we are having this conversation today <laughs> absolutely uh so we're gonna get ready to start wrapping up here soon uh, this i can't believe that we've we've been going for as long as we have already but it's definitely been a very uh, valuable conversation before we completely wrap this up is there any piece of you know advice that you want to leave the audience with like encouraging word you know a tip that maybe you wish you would have known when you got started whatever comes to mind of course like one uh, thing uh, we we already talked about it to start as soon as possible because time is the most important asset not the money that's again, like we are confused. We think that the money is the most important asset, but time is the most important asset. Just imagine how many people would have paid millions, if not billions of dollars to get some time back, especially like if they already live the majority of their life. So time is the most important asset. So start as soon as possible. And then do a little bit learning. I'm not necessarily telling you you need to study to get a degree or pass some type of a certification, but the information is available. As long as you are willing to learn, there are people who are willing to guide you. Mm -hmm. I always tell my clients, I'm here not to sell anything. I'm not selling literally anything besides, of course, the services maybe I provide and we see it and we go over my coaching program, but I diagnose and guide. And the reason that I use these words and I use my name and social media as on the money doctor, I have my PhD and I wanted to stand out from the crowd. That's why I use on the money doctor. And as a money doctor, I mainly diagnose and guide. And if you are willing, the information is available for you. You can access. And one thing, always keep the positive. I know if you watch certain news outlets certain financial channels they will always tell you that the the world or the world is ending or very bad things will happen but that's their job they want you to watch their shows more and more and more just keep the positive and start as soon as possible i love it um Thank you so much for all of the insight that you provided for breaking things down and helping us all to understand, you know, the terminology in a little more simplistic way, as well as, you know, the motivation and encouragement. I know that you do something sort of similar to what I do in the financial coaching realm. Uh, you do it a little bit different than I do. And of course, you know, have the educational aspects in regard to investing tacked on to that as well. If somebody wanted to connect with you uh, to learn more about those types of things and, and whatnot, where can they connect with you? And do you have anything 
to share with the audience that you want to talk about? Absolutely, and thank you for this opportunity. And again, this is not about competition; it is more of a cooperation. I don't Absolutely. like to compete. We are we are, we co uh, cooperate. We are in the same industry, uh, serving the same people. But of course, they, it's their choice to whom go. We thank you for this opportunity to share my information. Ohanka uh, Ekchan, I know it's, it is a little bit hard, but you can find me on LinkedIn by Ohanka uh, Ekchan. But the easiest will be Ohan the Money Doctor. And OhanTheMoneyDoctor.com is my webpage where I created a guide which uh, our listeners more than welcome to download for free. All I'm going to ask your email address and I'll deliver it to your email address where I show the steps what do you need to do to jumpstart your investing and wealth building journey? And um, on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, you can find me on The Money Doctor. And let's stay in touch. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to comment under my content. Or you can, again, go on themoneydoctor.com and you'll be able to connect me through there. Awesome. And can you... I, I... Can you give me a little bit of an understanding about the guide that you have and what yes. might be entailed in there? Yes, absolutely. I can tell exactly what is in it. But of course, like if our listeners are interested more, I will encourage them to download so they can see firsthand. But I talk about how to uh, set um, that every every journey starts with setting up your goals to know mm -hmm. where you are going. Otherwise, you will end up going nowhere. So I talk about goals then i talk about you like it or you don't but i talk about budgeting and you can call it spending plan or you can call it cash flow statement but i created a budgeting easy budgeting sheet that they can fill out to find out what comes in and what goes out then also i talk about debt which is unfortunately an issue with many people and that that is the reason Debt is the reason that keeps them away from financial success because it is just leak, big leaks in many cases in your budget that your dollars are going. Instead of paying, instead of paying the interest, unnecessary interest, you can direct them for your retirement and investment and to become financially independent or at least financially successful. So I talk about debt as well. And in the end, I also make an introduction that saving is not enough. So you are uh, you need investing as well. So I talk about differences between saving and investing and what are the steps that main uh, majority of successful investors are using to be successful. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. And if y'all, if all you take out of that is the differences between saving and investing and what successful investors, um, you know, what steps are taking, if that's all you're taking from this guide, like that is so much value, not to mention the rest of it. So go check it out. The links to Ohan's social media and his website are going to be below in the show notes as well. So if you didn't remember what he said or didn't quite you know, understand, that's okay. Just click the link in the show notes and it will take you right to his social and right to his website. All right. So in the meantime... If you want to learn more about me, if you want to connect with me, I'm dr.michellemarie all over social media. 
And you can also check out my website and the free things that I have on there, as well as other resources. And that's at www.drmichellemarie.com. And until next time, thank you all for joining us. It has been a pleasure. And I will be back soon with another Bedroom Talks episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.